Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security. Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. Contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of any and all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright. Today is August 21st, 2015. We have the distinct pleasure and privilege of talking with Chris Berry, Vice President of Corporate Communications, National Retail Properties, a Real Estate Investment Trust. Chris talks to us from the headquarters in Orlando, Florida. Chris, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you for having me, Charlie. So, Chris, uh, tell us, uh, after you left Orlando Magic, uh, you didn't play with them, but I guess you were their PR guy. You've been 21 years now with National Retail Properties. Tell us what uh, National Retail Properties is, what it does, and uh, tell us all. Tell us your story, their story. Okay, yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, I came across from uh, did community relations for Leno Magic and and uh, joined National Retail. Our, our name was actually a little bit different back then. Um, it was called Commercial Net Leash Realty, uh, but uh, same company and, and our ticker symbol was the same NNN uh, on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, basically, what NNN is is a real estate investment trust that focuses on freestanding retail stores, standalone retail stores. Uh, so we own uh, single-tenant stores at, versus uh, strip centers or regional malls. Uh, a lot of times people hear retail and they think immediately of big malls or, or strip centers. And we own single-tenant, standalone stores, uh, very uh, a nice diversified portfolio, over 2,000 of those properties in, in 47 states across the U.S. Okay, and I noticed on your website that um, you guys are very strong in convenience stores, restaurants, things like that. So do you do chains, or do you do just a single stores in one location? Now, how do you do that? Now, when we acquire properties, typically, we well, first, we do own uh, we do own mostly chain or, or large national and regional players. Um, so, so the types of stores that we own are typically chains, recognizable names. Uh, and when we acquire those those stores, uh, sometimes it could be uh, individual stores uh, buying them one at a time. But more frequently, it's we're, we're packaging together and, and, and buying them uh, in, uh, in in large chunks. Uh, but typically, our our average store uh, purchase averages about two point eight million dollars per store, uh, which is a significant difference in in terms of the sandbox that we play in versus some other types of investors that might go for, you know, bigger trophy here sometimes about trophy real estate properties, uh, you know, pension funds, insurance companies, companies like that. Uh, they typically like to spend, you know, 60, 80 million, a hundred million dollars on a single property and it could be a big office tower and, and, you know, on Park Avenue, Manhattan. That's not the type of real estate we're investing in. 
Okay. And uh, well, what's the purpose for your investing? Is it to generate that um, that uh, lease payment and and to pay out a yield of some type of dividend to the uh, to the stockholders, or is it uh, to buy them and then hold them and then resell them within a few years? Uh, what, what's kind of the uh, the business model? The business model for us is to, to buy them and hold them uh, long term. We're long-term investors, and and to pay out you know, dividend as a we're, as a real estate investment trust, we are required to pay back ninety percent of our taxable income to shareholders in the form of cash dividends. Uh, so so that is basically we're buying these properties, holding them in a diversified portfolio for a long term, uh, and and paying out dividends uh, to our shareholders. Okay, and because your ticker is NNN, I presume these are triple net leases. That's correct. Okay. Uh, we'll ex- ex- explain for our listeners, if you would, triple net leases, will you, Chris? Absolutely. Absolutely. A triple net lease uh, means that at the property level, the tenants are paying the taxes, the insurance, and the maintenance on the property. And uh, a lot of people sometimes ask, you know, well, why that sounds really good for you as the landlord to get those costs you know, out of your hands into their tenants' hands. Uh, why does it work for the retailers? Well, for the retailers, it works because it gives them operational control of the properties as if they owned the properties, but without having the properties on their uh, on their balance sheet. Okay, so what is their incentive for you to buy their property? Uh, basically, it's it is to get uh, that they could monetize their real estate, get that money that instead of having the money tied up in real estate, they're able to monetize that real estate and put it back into their core operating business. Okay, and uh, what well, what kind of leverage do you use uh, for the properties that you buy? Uh, we actually are an all cash buyer. Our our model is to uh, to use all cash to buy the properties. Uh, we we don't have mortgages on our individual properties. It's actually one of the distinctive characteristics of our company uh, is that we are an all-cash buyer with, with uh, no, uh, no leverage on the individual properties themselves. And the reason we do that is a couple of reasons. One is it makes for a cleaner balance sheet for us, but more importantly, it, it makes for a, a better landlord-tenant relationship. Uh, an example that we frequently use is if, if a, you know, we, we have, as I mentioned earlier, uh, a number of tenants that have properties in multiple states and in, in, in a chain of stores. And uh, if one of them came to us and said, hey, we are upgrading our uh, register system, for example, and it's all going to be satellite-driven, and, and we want to put these satellites on the roof of these properties, If we had mortgages on the properties, we'd have to go through our lending group and get approval for this physical change on the building. Uh, as an all-cash buyer, we have much more flexibility to do things uh, that our, our tenants would like to do and give them approval on that in a much more expedient way. Okay. Now, explain for our listeners a little bit, uh, Chris. Uh, we rarely have, by the way. We're not typically real estate people, and uh, most of the people that we interview are not real estate focused. So explain a little bit what a REIT is. Sure. Basically, a, a REIT is set up as uh, a company that, that owns uh, basically income-producing commercial real estate, uh, and it's a way for individual investors to own a piece of income-producing commercial real estate without having to buy an entire property themselves. So they can buy stock in a REIT, and they're, right now they're about 180 uh, listed REITs between the New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ in the U.S. They can buy stock in one of these REITs and get the benefits of owning real estate in their portfolio without having to lay down a significant amount of money in, in one particular property. Uh, however, uh, they're re- they're really buying stock is what they're buying. They're really Correct. not buying the real estate. They're buying stock in a company that owns real estate. 
Correct. They're buying stock in the company that owns real estate and getting the benefits of the real estate characteristic. Okay. And uh, tell us, uh, Chris, uh, there are publicly traded REITs, which you are. You've got a ticker symbol and it's traded uh, on, an ex- on the exchanges. Uh, and then there are uh, non-public, uh, privately traded uh, REITs. Well, what's the difference? There's actually a third in there as well. You're right. There's the, the publicly listed REITs on the major stock exchanges, and then there's two other non-listed types. There's the public but non-listed REITs, which means that they are technically public companies, just not listed on an exchange. And then there are private REITs. Uh, and, and the biggest, you know, and the three differences are that one, you know, obviously the, the publicly traded REITs, as I mentioned, there are about 180 of those right now. Uh, they are traded and listed on an exchange, and people can go in and, and you know, buy that stock. They could buy a stock in a publicly traded REIT this morning and sell it this afternoon if they choose. Uh, the non-listed REITs and the private REITs, uh, they have a little bit less, uh, not, not a little bit, they have quite a bit less liquidity. Now, there's various trains of thought on whether, you know, one type is better or, or, or worse for a particular investor. It really, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually uh, going to leave that to a, a qualified uh, investment advisor to make a distinction between them. But uh, you know, what the biggest difference is, is really liquidity uh, and uh and the appreciation, uh, you know, the potential appreciation of publicly traded REITs uh, have that potential for stock price appreciation that you do not have in non-listed and in private REITs because those shares are not traded. Okay. And uh, so tell us, in your opinion, as, as you see it, why should someone be interested in investing in real estate today? Well, I think there's a, there's a couple things, and, and, and if you don't mind, I'm actually going to add an addendum to my prior answer. There's there's a very good website for people to go uh, look at called REIT.com, R-E-I-T.com, and that is uh, put together by the National Association of Real Estate Investment Trusts, and this is a group that oversees all REITs in the United States, and they have a great website called REIT.com for people that are new to REITs to go in and, and get the basics of REIT investing, and, and they have a link to uh, every single REIT that is in the U.S., whether it is a, a publicly traded REIT or a non-listed REIT or a private REIT. So I just wanted to throw that out there before we move on to the next question. Uh, and, and so I apologize. Can you repeat that last question? Uh, yeah. Why should people be uh, – well, first of all, thank you very much for that website. That's very, very helpful information for our listeners. So the question again is why should people be interested in investing in real estate today? There are a number of different studies that show that having a portion of their portfolio invested in real estate uh, and numbers, typical numbers vary anywhere from, from 5 to 10%, uh, but to, to have a, a portion of your investment portfolio having real estate as a balance, as a, as a, uh, a good balance to the overall portfolio in, in, your, uh, in with stocks and bonds. Okay, but uh, now, Chris, uh, we're talking to you from Orange County, California. So most people who want to invest in real estate are going to be doing that uh, through a private residential uh, real estate investing. What are the benefits and advantages of investing in the smaller type retail single occupancy properties that you guys invest in? Well, there's a, two ways to talk about that. First is investing in publicly traded REITs in general, and that is versus home ownership, and, and that is to have the liquidity that I talked about. They can get in and out of different REITs if they wanted to move from one REIT to another in their investment. They can do that with a great deal of flexibility investing in public REITs. They have the potential for price appreciation of the stock 
from publicly traded REITs. And then, uh, of course, you know, REITs are required to pay out dividends uh, to qualify as a REIT, so they have the uh, the consistency of dividend of it being a dividend-paying stock. So those are the benefits of investing in a public REIT. And in terms of why do we invest in single-tenant real estate, uh, and for us it's single-tenant retail real estate, because those types of properties are, are very strong performing properties, and we've seen that throughout both real estate and economic cycles throughout the history of, of our company. Our company is 30 years old, uh, and, we, and we've seen multiple real estate and economic cycles. Uh, so we've seen performance of retail REITs, I'm sorry, retail stores uh, throughout those cycles. Okay, Chris, thank you very much. We need to stop for a short break here. Uh, Stay right there. We're talking with Chris Berry, Vice President of Corporate Communications of National Retail Properties, a real estate investment trust or REIT. And you're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. And we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. And now back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. We're talking with Chris Berry, Vice President of Corporate Communications, National Retail Properties, uh, ticker NNN, a real estate investment trust, or REIT. And he's talking to us from Orlando, Florida, their headquarters. So, Chris, uh, the whole world has been talking for some time about the fact that we are about to enter rising interest rates. What kind of impact do you foresee and does your firm foresee uh, that that could could have on the uh, kinds of uh, single occupancy retail properties that you own? Well, context matters in, when, you, when you're looking at the impact of interest rates, higher interest rates. And, and one of the things that is, uh, you know, is evident is that gradual interest rate increases are, are typically going to be driven uh, by economic growth and, and by job growth. So, so that theoretically should be supportive of, you know, demand for commercial real estate staying strong from an operational perspective. Uh, and and uh, from from our perspective, from an investing perspective, you know, we see an interest rate environment, uh, an increasing interest rate environment, uh, as having a limited impact directly on on our portfolio. And and we talk about that through historical context. I mean, you know, our company, as I mentioned earlier, is 30 years old, uh, so we've been through high interest rate in, in environments before, uh, and we've performed well. Uh, there are a number of things that uh, short term help us. One is that we have historically had a higher acquisition cap rates, uh, and so therefore we have some room for uh, some spread compression before the interest rate increases impact our ability to buy properties at an accretive rate. Chris, let me stop you there for just a minute. You have higher cap rates. Higher than whom? We typically have higher cap rates in our 
in, in the type of properties we buy, uh, single tenant freestanding retail, typically have higher cap rates than other property types, whether it's apartments or industrial properties or office properties, those types. Okay, thank you. So, so go ahead, your second point. Second point is is our exposure to, uh, from a balance sheet perspective, we have a low leverage balance sheet right now. We only have 33% debt to total assets ratio, so we have a lot of flexibility in our balance sheet. So there's uh, less exposure to refinancing risk as a, as a result of that. And the debt that we do have, the corporate bonds that we issue are all long-term fixed-rate debt. They're, they're typically 10-year ten uh, bonds. Uh, so we have very little floating rate debt. The only floating rate debt we have is our bank line of credit. Uh, so that's going to be a, a very minimal impact on us short-term. And those well-laddered debt maturities spreading out the corporate debt that we do have uh, has also helped us uh, limit any one particular year's exposure to interest rate spikes. Okay. Now, a couple of questions, Chris, that uh, I hear often raised when people are talking about uh, about REITs and, and raised by investors, okay, and, and advisors and the like. And the first question is, what kind of an impact on REIT values does just the stock market itself have? If you go out and buy real estate, Okay, uh, the stock market can rise or fall, but that may not impact the value of your property. But if you are buying stock, what you really own in a REIT is stock. Okay, yes, REITs have done exceptionally well the last few years, but so has the stock market done exceptionally well. So well, what kind of correlation is there between stock market price movement and REIT price movement versus real estate price movement and REIT price movement? There's been historically low correlation between uh, REIT stock price movement and the overall market price movement. You know, I, I'd point to total returns because really REITs, uh, in, in our opinion, REITs are long-term investments. They are total return investments. Uh, and if you take take the consistency of performance, uh, and, and, you know, we have a, uh, a chart that shows, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25-year time periods uh, comparing uh, not only our company, but the entire REIT uh, industry, a REIT equity index that is put out by NAREIT. Uh, and it has actually outperformed the S&P 500 index and the NASDAQ index through each of those periods, the 10-year period, the 15-year period, the 20-year period, and 25-year period. So historically speaking, we've seen that, uh, you know, we've been able to outperform the general markets no matter what the interest rate environment is doing and no matter what the real estate cycle is doing through long-term investment and holding those properties over the long term. Okay, appreciate that. And question number two that people often raise is the fees. The REITs are on the inside, the investors on the outside, and there uh, seem to be fees galore here and there and not well understood, and there's a minimum and there's a maximum, and uh, management fees can be very high, and, and people talk about, well, it's a certain percentage, but you don't necessarily know how that percentage, what that percentage is applied to, so talk to us about your fees, please. And that is actually a very good question. I'm glad you brought it up. That is one of the biggest distinctions between publicly traded REITs, list, publicly listed REITs, and non-listed REITs and private REITs. Uh, the, the fee, the whole fee system basically applies to uh, private REITs and, and non-listed REITs. Uh, and uh, if, again, I'll point back to that REIT.com website from the National Association of REITs, near REITs uh, website, REIT.com. And they have a very good, uh, they have a very good piece on there that describes the differences, but basically those fees are on the, on the private REIT side. They're not uh, associated with public REITs. Okay, so so how do you guys get paid? 
uh, we get paid through our, uh, you know, the growth of our portfolio and the, and the growth of the value of our stock to our, star- our shareholders and our total return. I see. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's good to hear. Now, one of the primary benefits of uh, REITs is that they typically pay a good yield. And I see on your website uh, that you guys are currently paying 4.6%. And uh, you claim that you have had rising yields every year for uh, many, many years. Tell, tell us about that. Rising, we've had rising uh, dividends paid every year. Um, uh, not necessarily yields, but but uh, dividend paid per share every year. We've increased for 26 straight years now, uh, and that's actually one of the one of the hallmarks of our company. Uh, we've been able to increase our our annual dividend paid per share for 26 straight years, and it's a track record we're extremely proud of. And it's one of the longest in the REIT sector. There we're the fourth longest track record for entire publicly traded REIT sector with that number. Okay, now I would think with uh, one with the stock market having had. Uh you know, significant rise over the past six straight years, and there's a very strong concern on many people's part of uh, where, you know, that, that it could well have a correction in the near future. And with bonds and other fixed income investments paying such low yield, uh, I would think that uh, people would be very, very interested in uh, real estate investing right now as a diversification from uh, U.S. equities and as uh, a way to to generate higher yield than all but uh, the riskiest of bonds. Are, are people flocking to uh, you guys and are the REITs right now? What's happening in the industry? It's interesting. You would think that more people have been would have been coming in, but I think right now there's the, the general misperception of the impact of rising interest rates uh, on the entire sector, on the entire REIT sector, has weighed down on the entire REIT sector. It's a valid point, and, and one of the things that, that we talk about when, when people bring that up about the uh, the impact of, of interest rates, that, that whole argument overlooks the fundamentals of each company, the performance of the companies, uh, and, and that's one thing that, you know, that we would hope people would take a little bit more look at instead of having this reaction to the overall market perception. Right. So uh, tell us here, are there any downsides or what downsides do you recognize for triple net leases of the kinds of properties that you own? Ultimately, for us, it's uh, because we own properties on a triple net lease. uh, For us, it's vacancy. If we have stores that go dark. Uh, then we are the ones paying those taxes, the maintenance and the insurance on that property. So, so that is, you know, that is the biggest risk to our portfolio is, is vacancy. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've done a, historically, you know, shown we've done a good job of maintaining a, a, a well occupied portfolio. Right now we're at 98.8% occupancy and it hasn't been below 96.4% in the last 11 years. Uh, so, so one of the things for us is to, to make, to guard against that is to make sure that we're buying good quality retail real estate that tenants are going to want to go into. Uh, but that is the biggest risk is, is tenant tenant uh, vacancies. Okay, thank you. So a question we always like to ask, Chris, is uh, in, in regards to uh, your position there at uh, National Retail Properties and the real estate industry and the like, what keeps you awake at night? It's the misperception about the impact of rising interest rates and, and throwing the entire REIT industry into the same bucket that reaction overlooks the fundamentals of the company and, and historical performance of, of individual companies that have done quite well throughout high interest rate environments in the past.
There's an old saying, never apply logic to a political situation. What we have here really is a political situation with potential rising interest rates, and people are very concerned about it. And that's all you hear on CNBC these days and uh, these other business talk shows. And it's uh, undoubtedly overblown, but people are, are concerned about it. It's a valid concern. But again, you know, again, I think if you look at the at the long-term performance, and not just our company, but, but of good quality REITs overall, over these long-term periods, you know, I think there's a large number of, of REITs out there that have done a good job of performing well throughout both low and high economic environments. And so, uh, Chris, the other question we always like to ask is, what book on investing would you recommend to our listeners? There's a, there's a book that I frequently uh, talk about when I, when I do presentations, and it's not a widely known book as far as I can tell. It's a book called Handbook of Dividend Achievers, and the, the publisher is Mergent, M-E-R-G-E-N-T. It's the Handbook of Dividend Achievers, and basically what this is, it lists all of the companies, and, and it's beyond just REITs. It's all publicly traded companies in the United States, and it even includes Canadian dividend achiever companies. But to qualify for this listing in this book, you have to have raised, the company has to have raised its dividend every year for 10 straight years. They have a number of uh, companies in here that are just uh, kind of hidden gems. And uh, it, it gives a good little business summary, a description of what each company does. Uh, so it talks about some of their more recent developments. Uh, and it gives a very good look at the financials. And more importantly, it gives uh, you know, detailed information about uh, the officers of the company and, and the, uh, you know, their, their dividend history. And it's a, it's a very good resource looking for, you know, as I call them, hidden gems of dividend payers, consistent dividend paying companies. Hey, well, Chris, thank you very much. I was completely unaware of that book. And uh, we'll look at, if we Google that title, uh, it'll, it'll come up for us. So, yeah, it's, again, it's called Handbook of Dividend Achievers. Right. Okay, Chris, thank you very much for that. And your website. And our website is nnnreit.com, www.nnnreit.com. I can recommend the website. It has a lots of good information. It has even a PowerPoint slide presentation on what you guys do. No, no, no audio with it, but you can see all the slides and it identifies, you know, who you guys are and what you do and how you do it and where the properties are and all of those kinds of things. So give us your final words for our listeners here, Chris. You know, just speaking of NNN real quick, you know, we we have a 25-year average annual total return of 15.1%. And I think that speaks most solidly to, you know, the, the uh, concern, the, the more recent concern about rising interest rates. When you're starting with a dividend yield of 4.5%, it doesn't take a whole lot of growth to get to a decent total return to shareholders. And, and we believe a 15.1%. Average annual total return over 25-year period is, has helped make our shareholders pretty happy. Well, it, it should. So, Chris, thank you very much. Best of luck to you and National Retail Properties in continuing forward. And let's all hope that the world of real estate continues to be strong in the U.S. So we've been talking with Chris Berry, Vice President of Corporate Communications, National Retail Properties, a, Nash, a re, real estate investment trust REIT out of Orlando, Florida. And uh, you've been listening listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. Contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. This is Charlie Wright wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor. 
your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science. Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security.